Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I usually start this podcast out by saying I hope you all had a good week, but for those of you based in the U.S., it has been a really, really rough one. As you all know, this past Tuesday, 19 school children and two teachers were gunned down in Uvalde, Texas. And I know so many of you are parents of elementary students. Many of you are teachers yourselves. And just like my heart goes out to all of you. At this point, it is an act of bravery to send your children to school. And I, I don't, I'm almost at a loss for words. Gun violence has overtaken vehicle crashes as being the leading killer of children and teenagers in the United States. And if you care about this issue, or if you care about any issue, I really encourage you all to call your members of Congress and especially your senators. I live in D.C., so I don't have any senators, but I really urge you to call yours and make your voice heard. You know, speaking as someone who lives and works in D.C., like I know who these people are that answer the phones and the people who call routinely. It does make a difference. You know, back in the summer of 2009, people were getting inundated with phone calls worried about the Affordable Care Act. And many members of Congress voted how they voted because of what their constituents were concerned about. And so I just invite you all to raise your voices, um, whether it's about gun violence or any other issue that you really care about. Also, you know, call your, you know, representatives in your state legislature. You have a representative, you have senators, um, you know, they have phone numbers, they have offices all over the state that you live in call, bother them, like cause a ruckus, Uh, write letters to the editor in your local paper about whatever issue it is that you care about. I just, I just encourage those of you based in the U.S. um, who have feelings about things to, you know, transform your feelings into action. And so, That's all I'm going to say about that, but just my heart goes out to everyone who is a parent, to obviously the families who lost loved ones this week, and um, especially, especially to all of you teachers. Now, pivoting to Bravo, I really enjoyed this week because we now have two shows on that I really love, The Real Housewives of Atlanta and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And this coming week is the season premiere of The Real Housewives of Dubai, which is the first international franchise that is being I guess, uh, produced and done by Bravo. So I am thrilled to see it. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I invite everyone to keep an open mind and know that it's just a first season. But I'm curious about how the extreme wealthy live in Dubai and the United Arab Emirates and how the rules that exist there for citizens don't really apply to non-citizens, especially those who have money. So I'm just, I'm curious, and I'm really excited to see Carolyn Stanbury back on my TV screen. For this week's Real Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, I talk about it a bit in my conversation with Melissa, but I think Dr. Ken sucks as a marriage counselor, (laughs) and I don't think I realized I felt that way about him, because I've seen him on Married to Medicine. I've seen him on Potomac. We've seen him on Atlanta before. And never before have I seen the kind of misogyny I feel like we saw in this week's episode towards Drew. And speaking of Drew, I am really happy that Kenya is speaking up for her and is speaking back to Drew to uh, Ralph and doesn't seem to kind of be phased by anything. She is 
open, she is honest, she is transparent, and she says what she thinks, and I just love her. I really do. I feel like I have become a Kenya apologist. I don't know. I really am enjoying her this season, and I am absolutely loving Sheree. I don't think anyone is doing a confessional right now better than Sheree is doing a confessional. Now, for Beverly Hills this week, guys, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, Kyle's dogs, Bambi, Bambi Umansky, learn your manners. If my dog ever ate off of someone's plate and I was hosting them in my apartment, I would be so embarrassed. Like I would immediately get up and do something, take the food out of the dog's mouth, scold the dog, you know, move the dog to a different room. I don't know. I couldn't believe that everyone just kind of shrugged when the dog stole food off the plate. And then like did, was it Rena like keep eating off the plate that the dog ate off? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. It's it was a it was a wild thing to watch. Um I also didn't really enjoy Kyle playing Dorit's voicemail in this week's episode in her confessional. I felt like that was a private voicemail. I think it's up to Dorit to share how much she wants to share with us. I think she's being pretty transparent that she is having anxiety attacks and that it is very difficult following the um, intruders that came into her home and held her at gunpoint. So I don't think Kyle needs to like play any of that up. Um, I know a lot of you guys have a lot of opinions about Diana Jenkins, but so far I'm really enjoying her and I would encourage everyone to just like keep an open mind. I like her backstory. I find her oddly fascinating and it's going to be interesting to see how she interacts with all the other women. And while it's awkward, I think that she decided to speak up and say, well, Sutton, you're clumsy with your words and like give her thoughts on Sutton. I don't know. Maybe she was told to do that by production. I'm sure everyone was sharing their opinion. I have a feeling that the scene that we saw when they're all in Kyle's La Quinta house after the opening of Kyle's store was a very long one and that we only saw snippets of it because I think for Crystal to have the reaction that she did, it wasn't just like one or two comments from Kyle and Dorit. I think it was many. I also think that Sutton's apology to Dorit was really heartfelt and I understood where she was coming from. And while she shouldn't center herself in what happened to Dorit, it's not about her and it's not about her dad and the situation that she experienced when she was 14, but she also was the one that pointed out that she shouldn't have made it about her and apologized. So I'm not sure what else anyone wants. And since Dorit accepted the apology, I don't know why Kyle wouldn't let it go. Um, it bothers me that Kyle won't allow Sutton to say she was empathetic because I believe that she was coming from a place of empathy and so so much empathy that she actually like shut down. And I think, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a, I don't know if it's a normal reaction or an abnormal reaction, but it's certainly understandable. And sometimes, at least with me, when I hear about things like what happened in Texas this week, like part of me froze and just couldn't react in the, in like the immediate moment. Like I couldn't even put myself in the shoes of the parents who lost their kids because it was so traumatizing to hear and and to hear a friend was held at gunpoint when you have a very difficult relationship with guns. I, I don't know. I, I just I feel like she was actually coming from a place of of empathy. Now, 
I am so proud of Crystal for speaking back to Kyle and standing up for herself. And I definitely understood where she was coming from because Kyle was saying, no, you weren't empathetic. Well, it's not up to Kyle. She can say, I don't feel like you were being empathetic, but she can't tell Sutton how to feel or that she felt, you know, what she felt was wrong. And you know, Crystal points out that she wasn't given any understanding last year when it was her going against Sutton when Sutton walked into her room and that there was an entire campaign against her by everyone to drop use of the word violate because they told her that's not how you should feel. And I guess I didn't realize it until this week's episode, but Kyle is very big on policing other people's feelings. And it's like, who made you the arbiter of what is okay to feel and what is not okay to feel? And it really stood out to me that Sutton told all of them while they were sitting down that one of the biggest lessons that she learned from Crystal was to respect how someone feels. And it was just so annoying when Erica then made it all about her. She's like, well, do you respect how you treated me last year? Do you realize everything you said was not true and proven not to be true? And we will get to all of this next week because Erica is on a campaign to gaslight everyone and make them think that facts are not facts and that things that are in the LA Times are actual hit pieces and not well-researched articles by legal journalists <laughs> like she is just something else and i am for one very much looking forward to garcelle saying something to erica's face because you know these women are just so afraid of her and they never call her out they never call her out and um it was just wild to watch this whole scene unfold and you know <laughs> Erica's trying to make everything about Sutton. Like, you're the common denominator. Sure. I mean, doesn't that make a good housewife when everyone is feuding with them and there are different feuds and some of them get resolved and some don't get resolved? Like, at least she's in the mix. But Kyle and Dorit seem just utterly confused by Crystal. And, you know, Crystal's just like, you know what? There's only so much you can express how you feel when someone doesn't understand. And she thinks her feelings are irrelevant to Dorit and Kyle. And of course, Dorit and Kyle are like, no, of course not. <laughs> but, you know, she says you will never validate someone's feelings unless you understand them. And what I find so interesting is that, to me, a marker of empathy is being able not just to validate someone's feelings, but to try to understand their feelings. And Crystal is saying, not only are you not validating, but you're not even trying to understand where I come from. And so, to me, it's almost like Crystal is pointing out that Kyle lacks empathy, in a lot of situations where she cannot put herself in the the place of the person who, you know, in, in the case of Dorit, right, Kyle so easily put herself in the place of Dorit because she also had a home invasion. Granted, she wasn't home at the time, but it's a very violating feeling to have people enter your space, take your things, take things that belong to your mom who is now dead. Like, it's a very traumatic and emotional thing that she went through. And so she was able to relate to Dorit because she went through something similar, but when it's something that she can't relate to, she doesn't try. And then she makes people feel crazy for feeling how they feel. And, you know, I really appreciated what Crystal said on the car ride back, which is that to have a gang of people tell you you can't feel a certain way is very intense. And I think they all were wrong to push so hard on uh, the word violate with her last year. I mean, she didn't use the word incorrectly, according to Miriam Webster. It's just that many of these women use that term and equate it to sexual violence and violation, meaning rape or something like that. And they felt it was 
such an intense term to use for what happened. But if that's how Crystal felt, if she felt that her space was violated, then that's how she felt. And I appreciate her actually bringing up all the stuff that happened last year, because at least to me as a viewer, it never felt resolved. I didn't know she harbored these feelings, but everything between her and Sutton, it felt like it got resolved off camera. And I am interested in seeing her bring up the other things that Sutton had said about race. And I just want to see them hash it out because I know they're in a good place now. And um, I think it says a lot about Crystal, you know, being open to being friends with Sutton. I also think it says a lot about Sutton that she was willing to listen and she acknowledged where she fell short. So, you know, this is all just like super interesting to me. And I am so excited for next week's episode. And yeah, I'm really curious to see if anyone other than Garcelle and Sutton will call Erica out. I'm assuming Crystal does because we saw in the preview for the season that Erica gets very upset with Crystal for being on the side of the victims because she thinks that's cool. So we'll see how that all goes. My conversation this week is with Melissa Feaster, who hosts a podcast called Side Piece. And she is so fun. And she has so many relationships with all the Bravo personalities because she interviews them. She lives in LA. She's met a number of them. And we just had such a great conversation. This has been put off for um, a number of weeks because she had very, very sick children and I was sick and all kinds of stuff. So we finally made it happen. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear our chat. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and write a kind review. And if you have any constructive criticism or you just want to share how you feel, um, you know, my DMs are always open and you can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. I hope this week is better than the last and I'm wishing all of you comfort and a good summer because summer is just starting this weekend. And um, yeah, let's let's make sure it's a good one. All right, guys, quick break, and I'll be back with Melissa. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. I am here with Melissa Feaster, who's host of the podcast and the Instagram account Side Piece Show. How are you doing today? Amazing. I'm so happy that we finally got to do this. I'm so pumped. I mean, how long have we been going back and forth? And then sickness and then this. I mean, but we are destined to do this together. Like, I'm so pumped. Thank you. I appreciate you, like, having me on. I'm super excited. I am so excited. So I'm just going to jump right into it. You had dinner this week with Teresa Judice, correct? (laughs) Yeah. How the hell did that happen? So I, okay, I'm good friends with Cynthia Bailey. Okay. And that started because I had Mike, her husband, on side piece. And this was, I don't even know, forever ago. I mean, this is when they were in the last season when Cynthia was still on. So I met Mike, had Mike on side piece, love Mike to death. And then we kept a good relationship. And then through that, he was like, you got to meet my wife, Cynthia, my husband, the four of us went on a double date. Cynthia and I hit it like off right away. And she's basically in LA all the time now. And we became tight and cool. And then Cynthia called me on like a Sunday, I think it was. And she's like, yo, Mike can't go to the ultimate girls trip premiere tomorrow. Can you be my date? Oh my God. And I'm like, (laughs) 
<laughs> shitting my a shitting my pants. But then I'm like, wait a minute, I have a four and a three year old. Like, how am I going to work this out? I was like, shoot, I don't care. They can go play in the street for a couple hours. That means I can go to this premiere and be your date. So I ended up going. The premiere, the Ultimate Girls Trip premiere for Peacock was here in LA. So I go and I'm Cynthia's date. And we're in the green room and she's just like kind of fixing her hair. And like, no joke, it was insanity. Kyle Richards walks in and then Melissa Gorga walks in and then Kenya walks in and then Teresa and Louie walk in. And at one point, and I was talking to them. And then at one point though, I'm kind of like getting something in the background and they're all sitting at the table and I'm looking and I'm like, what the actual hell is happening? Like, does anybody see this? Does anybody see this? It was just phenomenal. So anyway, long story, I met Teresa there and Louie. Got it. And spending most of the night actually with Louie because the girls were off on stage or doing whatever. And so Louie and I were hanging out and he was phenomenal. Okay. You got better vibes from him than maybe he's given a cross on the show. I mean, we... Listen, I'm in LA, right? Yeah. I'm in the entertainment world. Like you can really spot. And then I was in medical sales before this. Like you can really spot bullshit, right? Yeah. He was so sincere, so sweet. He was like an admiration of her. And when we were watching on the big screen, when we were watching the first episode of The Ultimate Girls Trip, he was just like <laughs> leaning in and laughing. At like, I mean, it's a guy watching these crazy women on Ultimate Girls Trip, and he was, like, legit into it. It just – it seemed real, genuine. Our conversation was great. He seemed like an amazing dad, like a hard worker. So, anyway, from there, that's how I met them. And then we just kept in touch, and then I was in New York, and she's like, I'm going to be in the city. Let's do dinner. Um, so then we got together for dinner. That's wild. So of all of the housewives that you've met throughout this, who is the most similar to how they come across on the show? And who is actually the most different? Vicky, hands down. Like, she's exactly, yeah, okay. She was like, I'm interviewing her. And it, I'm not even joking, okay? We're on a, a Zoom, a video like this. And literally it was like this. Stand up. Email. Hold on, let me check my email. Oh, wait, let me fix my hair. Stand up, put my glasses on. Oh, wait, powder my makeup. <laughs> it was, someone's coming in. She's answering the phone. She's answering an email. She's answering a phone call. She's talking to somebody in the hallway. She was at her, like the office that you see on TV, the Kodo office. She was sitting there. <laughs> It was so Vicky, like there was not more than four minutes at chunks at a time that she was just here. Okay. I mean, so I can see on the show when she's like typing on the computer while you're trying to have a conversation with her or she's going a hundred miles a minute. Like this was our conversation. And who is the kind of most different than what you'd expect? Teresa. Okay. People have I mean, I haven't had her on side piece, but yeah, talking with her, like we text, we talk, we, you know, we hang out. She is a thousand percent, even when I first met her, because you're like, how, what is it going to be like? You don't know. But even with anyone, like Kyle walked in and I was like, how's Kyle going to be? How's Kenya going to be? How's Melissa going to be? What you see on TV, Teresa was night and day. Okay. And I had Teresa's attorney um, on the on side piece. And so we then kept in touch. You know, I love having these people on a, yes, I love Bravo. I love the shows. I'm a fan, but I also just love to do it because I love to meet awesome people and like the cool relationships that develop from it. So most of these people, I still then develop a great friendship with, and I talk to and I text and we call and you know, whatever. So I've kept in touch with him since. And I was like, yo, I'm going to go to the Ultimate Girls Trip premiere. Is Teresa going to be there? And he said, yes. I already told her about you. I gave her a heads up so she knows you're going to be there. And she walked in and immediately she was like, oh, my God. Jim said so many great things about you. It's so nice to meet you. Like, she said this to me first. I, I, 
I didn't know. That's so sweet. Yeah. It was was really sweet. She, from what people say who've met her, say that she is just like so different than the like angry person that you often see on the show. Right. And that she's like how she normally is. It's more like the ultimate girls trip is sort of like the real her or the, the her that a lot of people who've met her seem to see. So that's so interesting. It's what do you think it is that like gets her so riled up about like on the real housewives of Jersey? Well, I mean, I listen, I don't, I think the cat's out of the bag that her and Melissa aren't. Yeah. They hate each other. (laughs) Right. I think we've all kind of known this and then finally like they spoke about it. So I think that's one thing. Listen, if you're doing anything, just take it into your real life. If you're talking with somebody and you're working with somebody, whatever the situation is, and you don't like that person, how excited are you going to be? How nice are you going to be? What kind of mood is that going to put you in? So I think that's one thing right there. Let alone when you're stuck on a trip somewhere, drinking, cameras in your face, you don't like somebody. I mean... I feel like any of us would act like this. You can really only fake it for so long. How long have they been doing this? Right. Yeah. So I think that's one part of it. I also think now after everything we've seen her go through and not the best marriage, obviously, and the best relationship that she had with Joe, she finds somebody that she is like, I I, like the way I was just telling somebody the way she like even looks at Louie. It is like, shoot, I should probably be like nicer like that to my, <laughs> like, she's a thousand percent in love with this guy head over heels. So when you see people and especially people that you might not be a fan of and they, you feel like they're coming at your person. Yeah. I think then that sets you off. And I think she went in such like keep Louie safe and protect Louie and defend Louie mode that she was just, that was just like it. blinders. Was, like she couldn't see how she was blinders. coming across and everything. Right. Well, given your friendship with Cynthia, I've got a lot of questions for you about the real housewives of Atlanta. But before we get into that, what do you make of Cynthia and Kenya's friendship and kind of what they went through on ultimate girls trip? Because as someone who knows Cynthia, it was hard for me. I've always really liked Cynthia. And then on Ultimate Girls Trip, I was like, she's acting different. What's going on? So I will say that, again, with like a Melissa and Teresa. Okay. Sometimes it's like, okay, the jig is up, right? I think anybody on these housewives or anybody on any show, I think you're going to, at some point, it's tough. You go through a lot, especially with these housewives, right? They go through so much battles, good, bad, the ugly. And I think at some point it's just like, we've exhausted it. We've exhausted this friendship. We've been through the best. We've been through the worst. Let's just be cool. Right. I mean, it's a lot to do these shows. Not only are friendships hard, I feel like, and a lot, but then you add in cameras in your face, you add in press, you add in all the outside noise. I feel like that can get, I mean, look at her knee, right? It's like they went through a lot, great, bad, and you can come together when you need to come together and for certain purposes, especially when a show is involved or a paycheck's involved. But I think at the core, it's like, okay. We're both grown adults. We've been through the ringer. We can do what we need to do for business purposes or whatever. Do I think they're the best of friends? No. No. Okay. That's sort of what I got from it. But it just, Cynthia seemed to be a very good friend to Kenya for many years. And so it was, okay. I will say, I don't know Kenya. I can't speak to that. I know of her, of what I've heard and what I've seen on the show. I know Cynthia. I can tell you firsthand, she is an amazing friend. She's an amazing person. She is real. She's cool. Like, I love her. And she's a great friend. I think sometimes it's just like, we need to do our own thing. We're adults. You know, Cynthia's doing her world. Kenya's doing her world. Kenya has a new a baby. You know, it's they're, yeah. they're also in different phases of their life. So mm-hmm. I think it all adds up. 
Do you and Cynthia have a friendship contract? <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. I'm waiting at the perfect moment. Maybe that could be like my Christmas gift for her. You totally that- should. I. It's <laughs> one of my favorite episodes of Atlanta. I thought it was. I mean, it was we- like interesting to see her try and like navigate her friendship with Nini because I I got where she was coming from but it was also so cheesy and then when she realized how cheesy it was like it was just so funny now she laughs about it yeah but you know it'd be amazing she's having her store like she opened up her new CBVR store in Beverly Center um and she's having like her grand like nice opening tomorrow actually how funny would that be now that you just brought that up? If I literally was like, you know, cause she's like, you have to be there. So I'm going to go and support my girl. Right. But how dope would that be if I walk in with a freaking friend contract? And I was sweet. like, here's <laughs> a friend contract. I'll take a bag, <laughs> but here's a friend contract. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. So, okay. This week on the real housewives of Atlanta, we saw um, Dr. Ken, who we've seen on a number of our favorite shows. This was the first time that I got the sense that Dr. Ken was a bit misogynistic. I'm wondering if you got that sense at all, or if it was just me. So I have to tell you, I I was in New York this week. Oh, okay, so you missed the Atlanta. So I completely... <laughs> I have so much to catch up on and like I'm in the works right now with getting She by Sheree on side piece. Oh my God. Love Sheree. I know. So I'm like really into Atlanta right now. Not only because I mean, obviously I love it, but also because I'm trying to get like, I'm talking to Drew. I'm talking, which is funny because they're the two that are going at it right now. But I have missed, I just started watching Beverly Hills last night and I need to catch up on Atlanta this week because New York just threw me out of whack. Well, you're going to have to tell me what you think of it because um, Dr. Ken had a session with Drew and Ralph. And I noticed that during the session, he would interrupt Drew, but not Ralph. Uh, he didn't let her finish her sentences. Um he told her that she deflated the night that they had, that date night, and tells them both not to have a combative conversation for 30 days. But if Drew blows it, she has to be a servant for her husband. And she, he's like, you know, maybe have like sex five times a day. And if, yeah, which it's, that's a whole problematic that thing. That in itself is it's, a hell to the no. You never tell a woman that. Yeah, to to have sex when she's not interested in doing it. Um, And then if he messes up, then he has to be her servant. And this is literally what he said, you know, do whatever Drew asks, like take care of the kids. You're joking. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. I've never been so furious watching like – I literally was just going to say thank you for warning me because now I'm like pissed. Now I'm like fired up going into watching this because you know what, too? I had Ralph on side piece. Okay. This was in the middle of like Tampa just happened. This was in the, this is right after Strippergate, you know, when Drew was like, you know, Bolo flipped me over a little bit. We were doing this and this and this. But, like, he is very charming. Of course. Um, But he was great, too. So I was like, listen, between that and what I'm seeing on social and, like, real real time, I feel like they're working their shit out. And then I was really taken aback by when the new season started. And it was like they were back in the shit show once again. Do you think that they are playing up their problems for the cameras? I mean, those are like, I don't know how you play up. I mean, that's a big problem when you're talking about an assistant asking massages. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how else do you play that up, right? I don't know. It's almost like, I think some people have said, well, maybe they've gone through stuff and they've worked on it, and now they're, like, rehashing it because they need something to show on camera. I don't know. People are saying things like that. I, I don't know what I believe, 
But yeah. I do believe in a lot of situations that Drew is is being gaslit yes. by Ralph. And then to have the therapist sort of <laughs> reinforce some of the negative like tropes there, like you deflated the evening by having a conversation with your husband. It, it really it really rubbed me the wrong way. Who um, picked this attorney? Did Ralph? I mean this it, this therapist. I I don't know. I think it was Drew. Dr. Ken has been involved in I think he's been on Married to Medicine. I think he's been on Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, I believe he's the one of the people that Monique spoke to after she oh. was like physically violent. There, like he's been on, and I've never gotten a vibe from him that something was off. But I truly feel like when it comes to the marriage counseling aspect of it, I don't know about his like personal counseling of someone. But with the marriage counseling, it made me super uncomfortable. Well, also, if you're talking about playing up, how much do you think maybe he was playing up? Yeah. How much do you think he was maybe asked to or gently nudged to go in a certain way? Because look, look at the out. Like most people aren't going to talk about a therapy session. But now look at what we're doing. We're sitting here talking about it. So maybe was it him playing it up? Was it maybe some producers that were like maybe you should kind of go towards this route I mean there's so many ways like just behind the scenes it's like they always say reality is not reality um I think a lot of it is but I also think just 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 talking to people on side piece I really ask them you know how much are you kind of nudged or pushed towards something and a lot of them will be like well they'll bring up things that maybe suggest that we should talk about and they won't say specifically do this, but they'll definitely like steer you in a direction. I could see that. I, it's just after seeing Jackie's eating disorder therapist, I feel like the bar has been raised on therapy sessions right? and it's rough to see one where I feel like, the person providing the therapy is not doing a quality job. Right. Totally. Well, now I'm fired up to see it. I'm excited. <laughs> this will be my, this will be my get the beds tonight, kids to bed tonight and watch Housewives of Atlanta tonight. Well, I know you've interviewed Candy before, but wanted to get your thoughts in general on, so the condo that Todd has, if your husband had a condo, let's say in New York, with an ex of his that he got when they separated and it was being remodeled and everything, would you stay there with him? Would you want him to get rid of it? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, here's the thing. I'm into, I'm big into real estate. My husband and I are into real estate. So it depends how you're looking at it, right? Obviously, I don't want anything that has to do with my husband and an ex. If it comes to financial like gain or it's smart financially for certain things, then I'm not opposed. If that ultimately is making us money, you know, it's the business and the personal, right? Is this good for business? Is this good for my bank account? Then that's fine. They're not living in it. It's uncomfortable. Like I probably wouldn't want a chair that my husband had with the next girlfriend, (laughs) but real estate in New York or in the vicinity of New York, I mean, it's only going to go up right now in the market. Is it being used all the time? Like, is my husband going there and staying in a condo all the time? I don't care who owned it or whatever. I have a problem with that then. Like, are you leaving to go stay in a condo in another city all the time? I have a big problem with that. But for real estate purposes, to rent it out, to sell it, to make money ultimately in our bank account, I don't care. Yeah. I I think Candy's being a little bit ridiculous about it because then this week we got to see it. And I was like, it has potential. It's in Fort Lee. It's got an incredible view of yeah. Manhattan. Like, come on, you know? Like, I mean, real estate is, a, it's big. It's, it's hot, right? It is, especially something with a view like that. Like, right. You could get, make it, yeah. Kenya has all these ideas about how to remodel it, which she shares, which is, which is funny. Well, I, again, I just feel like how it's, you know, 
we've heard Todd rumors always swirling about Todd and someone's always bringing up Todd's going and having, doing something with this chick or doing something with this chick. So is Candy like, huh, why do you have this condo and are you going there and what's happening? Maybe that's where she's coming from. But again, my perspective, if it's solely just like we have a property, we're going to flip it, make money. I'm, I'm for it. Speaking of rumors and husbands, let's uh, take a trip over to Beverly Hills, your neck of the woods. So there have been a lot of rumors about Mauricio for years and years and years. Um, I never really believe rumors, but part of me wonders that, like, do they have maybe an agreement or something like that? What have you heard being in L.A. about Mauricio and Kyle's marriage? I mean, I haven't heard anything except for like what we hear on social. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all heard it for, like you said, it's been on, it was on the show, like what her first, second, when she started, there was something going around. I mean, it makes me sad, right? Speaking of real estate, like we kind of know the agency where he's in, you know, he, we know him as like the real estate person and him crushing it and amazing in that department. It just makes me sad. And knowing Kyle and her anxiety and her like all this, there's no way at all I could ever picture a world where she's like, you could go do your thing on the side. Like, no way. I I just, I do, I do not see a world where that exists. It makes me sad that like, I just, Mauricio was actually booked to come on the show in March and then last minute had a trip for the agency. And I was like this close to having him on. And now, like, obviously, it's not going to happen with all the stuff happening. But I don't know. I've always liked him. I've heard it, too. I feel like we've all heard a lot of rumors about cheating husbands. I don't believe everything. At some point, you have to take your blinders off, no matter how cool, hot, whatever you feel about somebody and be like, okay, where there's smoke. Maybe so, there's, Yeah. I, 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 don't I don't know. The whole thing I, yeah. with him and Dre threw me. Like, way through me. Like, the specifically the how close she is with him? No, I was hearing stuff about that. Them being, yeah. I That I really don't believe, actually. No, I that I, I feel that. like is ridiculous. And people, like, I think that the four of them like with PK and Marie, are very close. Yes. And I'm sure that she spends time with him sometimes and PK spends time with him. And you know, it's, yeah, I think people yeah. are I, searching far-fetched. for something. I don't yes. think they're swingers. Yes. Very <laughs> far-fetched. I don't see Kyle hooking up with PK anytime soon. Um, I don't see that. I mean, listen, I hope Kyle was great when I met her. I mean, she walked in, it wasn't even like we like, like who are you? It was just the three Cynthia, Kyle, and I having a conversation like we've been having a conversation a hundred times. You know, we we're talking about Rinna's mom had passed, Dari oh. had just gotten broke into. Like we were having just like normal conversations, and she was nothing but pleasant the whole time. We actually talked about Kathy a little bit. Um, What'd she say about Kathy? She was like, that's Kathy. I mean, listen, it's not Kathy's first rodeo on a TV show. I think people forget that when she came on The Housewives last season, that like, she's great. Look at this. This is her first like debut. She's been around, right? I mean, look how much stuff Paris has done. But she was like, that's just Kathy. Like, that's just how she is. Obviously, this was months and months ago before all the stuff happening with Kathy presently. Yes. Has happened. But- I mean, Kyle was great. I, I, I just, again, with some of these people, there is no world I see where someone just lets their husband have passes. Yeah, especially no. Kyle. I just don't see it. What do you make of Diana Jenkins? I mean, it's so <laughs> much. Sometimes it's so much. It's like, oh, it's so much. It's like a turnoff. I think it's funny. I mean... You know what I appreciated listening to her story, you know, how she had to basically flee the country, left her family. She had to leave her family 
you know, cleaning toilets, doing everything just to get by with basically nothing. And then she, what did she say? A decade basically of it before she met one of the wealthiest men in the, in the financial arena. So that I appreciate, like she really struggled for a long time, right? It's not like she set out to go to these wealthy plate, like these, these restaurants where, you know, you're just seeking a wealthy guy. Like she really struggled for a long time. Um, so I mean, now I think she's, I mean, you're wearing a $230,000 ring on your finger just for like a little dinner party. I mean, it's, it's funny to me. I mean, she would, I could tell you, she would not even know what to do with me when I'm talking about my love for forever 21 (laughs) and how I just got my, you know, shirt for nine 99 and it probably costs more for shipping. I can only imagine like our conversation and how turned off she would be by me. And it's kind of funny. So she did. I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah. I don't know what to make of her yet in the group, but her personal story, I am very invested in. Love it. I love her personal story at 48 and having a kid like that's that's impressive status in, in itself. Like, and she's I, I thinking mean, of having more. She has more embryos. Totally. I mean, that's dope in itself mm-hmm. to me. Again, being like a mom of young kids, I'm not 22 anymore. So that was really cool to see. Um, I mean, I like her. And it's funny because I feel like Erica thinks that she is like the shit, but she almost even sees kind of like into Diana, right? Like enamored by her. And you don't see that, right? Like no one tops Erica in her world. So I like it. I like the little curveball that they threw in there with her. Definitely. And then what do you make of Crystal's conversation with Dorit and Kyle and and the other women about saying they police people's feelings and they don't? What was what she said? She said specifically that you don't, you'll never validate someone's feelings unless you understand them. Yeah. So this was the conversation when they had, everybody came over to, was it Kyle's house? Kyle's house. Oh no, Kyle's. Yeah. When what, this was when they were in Palm Springs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they're there for Kyle's. Okay. Yeah. I literally stopped. Like it it was like bedtime and I, (laughs) you like got to that point. (laughs) Horrible right now. This travel this week screwed me up. I will say I got an awesome dinner with Teresa out of it, but it definitely backed me up with my shows. Um, I did see that they are going to start, like Crystal's going to start with, they start getting, I thought it was Crystal and Sutton. Yeah, well, she's going to go after, she's going to bring up stuff from last year, next week. And I don't know what she's going to reveal about that. But in general, I I mean, I'm glad she called out sort of the gang of five or four, whoever, like, you know, basically Kyle, Rinna, Erica, and Dorit, but especially... Kyle, who was basically telling her not to think things and not to feel things. It was very, um, to me, like, why, Kyle? Like, you don't even realize the language that you're using. You don't. And then she would completely invalidate Crystal by saying, you know, she's been so dramatic. I don't know if it's because she's like a millennial or I don't know, generation. Yeah. It's like, come on, Kyle. Like, you're the most easily offended, easily upset person can't you understand how other people might also be upset i also feel like because kyle had had a burglary she very much understands the fear and the anxiety and the trauma that is associated with it and she wasn't at home at the time of hers so she can only imagine how you know intense that is i mean listen i can't even imagine right and her anxiety Again, her having so much anxiety and like then this happens to her, that's insanity. But also to actually have someone in your house with your kids, like that is just a whole That's a whole other level. level. But I feel like there's so 
they understand that. So that's why they're so sympathetic to Dorit. But when right. something else happens that they don't understand, such as Sutton's father committing suicide with a gun, whenever she brings it up, it's everyone dismissed. kind of flinches and it's dismissed. Right. Yes. I didn't, I don't appreciate that. I was caught up to that point where they're looking at her sideways. Like you're not, not making sense. Nothing you say has validation or anything. And I'm like, this, this woman, her father took a gun and killed himself. So she has some skin in the game to say something and they're still like dismissing it. So I wasn't a fan of that. I also don't get presently, currently in present time, how Rena, when they're a part of this fab four is going and starting this war with Kathy. If Kathy said these things, I understand that she should be called out because that is completely unacceptable. But at the same time, aren't Lisa, Rena, and Kyle supposed to be like besties in this Fab Four group? So I'm wondering how this is, you know, breaking down between Lisa and Kyle now when Lisa is like starting this war social on social media with Kathy. Well, Kyle has routinely shown that she will flip on a sister. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. you know, because Lisa Renna went after Kim a lot in Kim's last right. season about sobriety when Kim was actually sober. Right. Right. And, you know, and even if she wasn't sober, to say someone is close to death when they are not, in fact, close to death is uh, a wild, wild. <laughs> thing to say i don't understand like this this is rena like doing this because that's her or is it because it's like her story and it's relevant i mean her story always seems to have to be about somebody else and that's what's really frustrating like why not talk about your daughter's issues that you know like didn't her daughter have like an od at one like that we all saw her we all saw it like talk about it that's what's really going on in your life i'm imagining you know and if she doesn't want to if the daughter doesn't want it to be public then maybe you know other people don't want certain things in their family to be public but she's like just be honest just be honest but now we're fighting about and all we're hearing about is a freaking charity event and tickets like what, are we, what is what is happening right now? Like, this is what we're fighting about. It's just... And then making it seem like Sutton can't defend herself when she's being accused of things. Right, right. That, I didn't like that. The dinner at all. I didn't like that. And you know, Erica is just sitting there waiting for somebody else to attack Sutton. And then, I mean, the, the venom that is spewing from Erica during these scenes, obviously the dinner last year and that whole scene was insanity to me and just like gross and then this one too when she just is staring at Sutton like daggers and I want to kill you and whole like fuck you no you fuck you I mean it was just ugh. I mean I enjoy a good fight but it's just like she Eric has a whole new level towards Sutton and she is so interesting because she's basically saying things that are categorically untrue now on the show that can be proven untrue. She's saying, you know, none of the stuff against me is like been proved. It's all been proven to be false. That's not true. And then next week we find out that she says, well, we don't even know if Tom's clients weren't paid. We do know there is a judgment issued by court that at least two million had been misappropriated and that was what triggered all of this other stuff so that was a legal judgment how can you say you don't know if the money was misappropriated or if people didn't get paid right i mean i've said from forever with her on side piece when talking with other people like even if you didn't have anything to do with it you still come out and publicly say, I'm sorry that all of this happened. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm sorry. I just feel like like that is so lost 
you know, she's not reading the audience and she is not doing what she should be doing and she hasn't been doing it. The first thing that you should say at the reunion when you sat in the chair is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody that this happened, the victims, the widows, the children, like everything. It, it's just, I, I, that put a really bad taste in my mouth towards her when it's just like you don't come forward and be like, I'm sorry. I had nothing to do with it. I'm not guilty of any of this, but I apologize for all this happening. I feel like that would have gone so far instead of the going in circles, defending yourself, defending yourself, defending yourself. I just, I'm one for like, own it. Yeah. Thanks for that. Like, own your shit. Even if it's not your shit, just own something. And I'm sorry goes a long way, a long way. It does. I. It's just funny the things that Rinna and Kyle will fixate on and choose right. to fixate on, and they will look the other way when it comes to people that they care about, like Erica. Right. Right. And it's just, I don't know. You know what's crazy, too, is like you look at how horrible it is with Erica, and look how bad it is with Jen Shaw. I feel like people really gave it to Jen Shaw for what allegedly was happening. And I don't feel like any of it, except for Sutton, maybe, would, like you were just saying, everyone turns the other way. So I just feel like it's, you know, Jen definitely got a lot of heat from her castmates, friends or not, for what was going down. And like nothing with Erica. Nothing. Well, I think, I actually think Jen got off easy. And she's actually being indicted. So like her name is yeah, on yeah, the yeah. indictment. Like she's like the top person. But I think the fans have gone super easy on her. Um, yeah. Fans. I feel, but I'm saying you're cast. castmates. Like, but they, they bent off so quickly. They had so many questions in that sprinter van. And then as soon as oh, they yeah. were on the couch with her at the reunion, they shut up real quick. Right. But I feel like there was some heat at least directed yes. towards Jen. Whereas yes. like, when have we seen any of these ladies really going in at Erica? And like every time Erica says something, you see everyone's face like with a huh? That doesn't make sense. But then no one does anything except for Sun. So or I, I think Garcelle is starting to. Well, speak I'm up. sorry. In her, in Erica's crew, in the four yeah, oh, of them, true. Three, Kyle, uh, Rena, and Erica. Like no one in her crew was like what this doesn't really make sense maybe kyle said it to other people but i don't feel like she got a lot of heat i i don't know i just i don't know i'm just i know that people are really team erica or they're like like hate erica there's no like in between i just feel like it would have gone a long way for me if she just would have been like accept something like I'm sorry my husband is in a part of this i'm not but i apologize to everyone that this happened she I do enjoy watching her being broke <laughs> because it's for her. The only things that matter in life are possessions. She doesn't seem to care about anything else. And then when her possessions, she can't do what she wants to with them. She's just pissed off. And it's kind of like, haha, look at what you did. You married for money, you had a deal with the devil, you right. got money that wasn't even meant for you, right. you know, all of the stuff and financing, that wasn't on you. You're not a self-made woman. It was all through him. And and that's fine. I don't think anyone needs to be a self-made woman. But don't come across like you're right. this powerful, badass chick when you're not and that you have nothing without that man. It was funny, too, because I did see in the episode where she was like, Ugh, I have to wear something twice. I guess. Yes. I loved it. It was so it's fun watching like that. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. I'm glad that you actually are wearing something twice. Like, that's really good of you. Way to, like, humble yourself and, you know, like, slum it a little bit and wear a designer $10,000 outfit twice. Like, that's really nice. It's just... I mean, <sighs> <laughs> the other thing is I live in this world. I can definitely separate. I will live and shop at Forever 21 for the rest of my life. The designer stuff, the fancy bougie stuff, that is not my world. Like I, that is, it, I just don't. I always think 
if I walk, if I always think like if I were a part of a cast and I walked into Beverly Hills, those bitches would be like, what is she doing here with her, you know, nine ninety nine shirt? It's just, I don't know. That is just so unfathomable to me. And like the talking about the brands and who the designer is, that is just not my speed. I love Bravo. I love the world. I love talking to these people. But when it comes to this, I, it is just, it, it's speaking Japanese to me. Yeah, I definitely, I, um, Mani from the Mixing with Mani podcast is going to make me a PowerPoint of brands. So I know the hierarchy because I didn't know YSL uh, when we were chatting last week and she was horrified. And I told her, you know, I grew up in Minnesota. We really didn't have a lot of big brand names like the, you know, the the fancy purses were like Kate Spade and Coach. You know, I'd right. never seen brands and stuff till I went to the East Coast. And right. it's just like a different world. And I don't really know a lot about it. And That's so... Perfect. Um, but then when you watch Housewives and especially Beverly Hills, it's all about these like it. very specific designer everything. And I, I don't get it. But um, mean, yeah, it, that's just not my jam. I love it. But that is just like an all cast to be on. I just don't see me fitting in there. Like I live here in L.A. Beverly Hills down the street. My husband works in Beverly Hills. I, but it just I, I just think that. Again, a conversation with Diana, I think, would be hysterical. Well, let's end with this question. If you could be on any cast of Bravo, which cast would you do you think you would fit in best on? I would say probably, honestly, Jersey. Okay. I feel, I feel like Jersey, also maybe too, just because of the relationships. I feel like I know some of them. Um, or OC, I think, I mean, listen, I love, I love Atlanta. I love Potomac. I would love, I mean, Potomac is like, that's my favorite. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Um, but probably one of those, I mean, would I love to be on Potomac? Yes. Would I love to be, would I fit in with, I feel like Potomac, would I fit in with OC? Some of them, I don't know. I see Jersey I more for you than OC. I don't really see OC. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I would probably say if Tamara was on OC, I would say OC um, because like we chat and whatnot, but probably Jersey. That's so fun. Well, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast and who you have coming up. Uh, so you guys can find me at Side Piece Show. That is um, my Instagram. And Side Piece Show is my podcast. And and I just had Larsa Pippen on, who was, oh, Miami, duh. I okay, I actually could see you on Miami more than I any of those. <laughs> I mean, and by the way, I was telling the Larsa because I was like, you know, I was just talking to you and I was like, oh, shit. I've had from Miami – and I didn't even realize it. So I was talking to Larsa. I mean, I've had Alexia, Maricel, Julia, Adriana, and Larsa. I've had all, I've had five of them on, on oh side piece in the last probably two months, like back to back to back. So I would love Miami. And my husband actually represented Scotty Pippen. What? So that's how I came into the Pippen world is when I met my husband, he was representing Scotty Pippen because Scotty was out of basketball. He was doing broadcasting and TV. So my husband was representing him. I was always a huge basketball fan growing up in Ohio. I like lived for the Jordan Pippen era. So I've known of them for a very long time, watching them on TV, obviously, Larsa when she first started Housewives. But I always started with Scotty. And then he, my husband started representing him. Larsa has known my husband for over a decade, like oh, that's forever. So funny, right? So, so all this time, though, I had never met them, like ever. So then Larsa and I are talking, and she's like, "Oh my god, I love Josh. He's one of my favorite people on the planet." And now, after ten years, I'm finally meeting her. So it was like cool. The whole 
like full circle thing. Um, but Miami, I love. So I just had Larsa. That was beyond dope. Did you get like, to ask her about Lisa and Kenny? Or oh, and Lenny? Lenny? We went in. Like okay. that was. I need to listen that to was, that one. Because remember how I wanted to have Lenny on my podcast because he's a Russian immigrant. Well, I did reach out to him at your, you know, pushing and I have not heard back. But now I feel like he's persona non grata with Brado. So uh, probably won't be pushing that one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what a douche. What a douche. But I did because Larsa was was there with Lisa. And I can't I can't believe there. I hope that she pulled out her phone. (laughs) I was like, did you like rip his balls off? And, you know, obviously Larsa has been through her own thing. Mm-hmm. So of all of them, I feel like Larsa is a really good one to be there for Lisa. And mm-hmm. Lisa and her are very close. Yeah. Lisa and Larsa are probably the closest. Um, or that's, you know, Lisa's the closest with Larsa. Um, or Larsa's the closest with Lisa. And it, it's crazy. We talked a lot about it. I asked her. A lot about it. Well, and, I'm going to go listen to that one right now. <laughs> and, and by the way, all this is going down while they're filming. Oh, my God. Yeah. So anyway, Larsa was absolutely incredible. I, I love her. She was just as dope talking to her as I feel she is on the show. She was incredible. Andrea's coming up from Winter House and Summer House. And then I have... Caroline Stanberry next week. Yes. So I'm super pumped about that. Like super. I'm so excited for Dubai. Like that will be off the charts. Oh, it's going to be so great. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. We're like, you know, side piece is chugging along. You know, I had started side piece, not ever even listening to a podcast in my life, not knowing what I was doing, you know, taking Colin from below deck, a friend of mine and some other people and doing just test runs for months and months and months. And, you know, just going after like the best size. Right. And now it's cool to see, you know, just being a stalker and stalking these people all the time (laughs) to get them on my podcast. It's cool. It's, it's been fun. It's been super fun. Well, you're, you're killing it. You're killing it. And with two young kids at home, you know, it's been a lot, but it's been fun. It's been super fun. I so appreciate you taking the time to of have course. me. Of I'm so happy we were finally like got it together. We nailed. And by the way, we, I mean, I could get <laughs> through good. the shitstorm of my sick kid and like do this. This is just, I, I think you're awesome. I love you. I love your podcast. I'm so happy to do more podcasts together and more lives together. And, you know, I, I love it. So I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, gosh. Anytime. Anytime. Everyone, Melissa Feaster, go check out the side piece show. You're the best. Keep me posted when it's on. I'll, of course, repost it all on side piece social. Um, and we need to do this again. Definitely.